we said. The Press Box. It's a brand new week, and we're back with a brand new edition of the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace for my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, here to offer you just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama. Want to find out where? Well, visit the website. That's PressBoxRadio.com. There you can check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. Also, on the episodes page, hear the show on demand, hour by hour, or simply press the listen button, and you can hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7 online at PressBoxRadio.com. All right, big SEC football weekend to recap, and to do so, we talk to Jake Crane. He's the star of the J-Boy Show and knows his football. We started again with Jake Crane asking him again, is there anybody they can compete with Georgia and Alabama right now. Well, you know, I don't work for NASA, so I can't see if there's any comets or meteors heading this way. But outside <laughs> of that, uh, or an alien invasion, yeah. I don't think so. And really, if you want to talk about an alien invasion, just look at Georgia's front seven on defense. If you were looking for disclosure, there it is. Oh, my. I, I think that was what was most impressive to me and the biggest difference from the other Georgia teams that had made runs but couldn't quite get over the hill. But, you know, when these two do come together, Going back to your uh, example, Jake, it may be like two meteors colliding out in outer space. It could be that violent because Will Anderson, he's the real deal for South Alabama. But as a unit, I feel like Georgia's defense may be the best in the country. I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. And they just got Tyke Smith. Uh, and, and you'll see to me, and, and I always talk, it's hard to use the transitive property in games to say, oh, well, this team did this against this team, and so they're going to do this against that team. And really, you know, you can only get your guys up, you know, as, and playing as well as they can for about four, maybe five games a year. That, that's kind of what, you know, the, the analytics tells you and just being around the players tells you. But when you look at Georgia and you look at that side of the ball, I mean, uh, uh, they could have a mannequin at quarterback right now and probably still go undefeated. So <laughs> when, when I look at this Georgia matchup that's brewing with Alabama, uh, I don't see Alabama stumbling really in the regular season. You know, crazy things can happen in the Iron Bowl and it's in Jordan Hare. But A&M's not what we thought they were. Uh, I think LSU may be about to part with Edo. So uh, Georgia's really dominant. It's the best front seven and really defense overall I've seen in a long time because it's not just and, – and, and we talk about this all the time. It's not just that they're big and fast. They are. They're, they're big and they're fast. But they're very smart. They're very connected. And they're very well coached. If you watch Georgia, they don't get a lot of penalties. They don't jump off sides. They don't bust coverages. They don't miss a line a lot. And the few times they do miss a line, they're so athletic, they can get away with it. I mean, it, it's it's one of the best defenses I've seen in college football in my life, to be honest with you. Jake, I'll ask you a question. I saw somebody hit you up on Twitter, at uh, the J-Boy Show, uh, on Twitter again, at the J-Boy Show. Again, was this a, 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 a story of Arkansas being overrated, or is Georgia that good? Yeah, well, I, look, I mean, again, when you look at college football, tell me one team right now, you guys watch, you guys watch. Tell me one team right now outside of Alabama and Georgia uh, that we think can beat either Alabama or Georgia. I, I don't see one. I don't see one in the Big Ten. I don't see one in the Pac-12. I don't I, – for Dag, I'm sure I don't see one in the ACC or the Big 12. So I, I don't think we can say Arkansas is overrated. Uh, now, I, I just think it's Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. And what Sam Pittman's done in Arkansas – is amazing, man. It, it really is. I think this was more about Georgia than it was about Arkansas. Even though Arkansas doesn't have a, an a, elite passing game by any stretch of the imagination, they're going to continue to have a good year. You're not then on my Wake Forest trip. You're saying ACC uh, if they were to rip through there undefeated. <laughs> hey, watch out with for uh, Boston College. I said two weeks ago Boston College may win the ACC, and and them and Wake Forest look like the two best teams there. But what Jeff Halfley's done, if somebody's smart. 
if 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 they're really smart, they're going to go get Jeff Halfley because I'm telling you, he may be in the NFL. He he's reminds me so much of Matt Rule. It's ridiculous. That's a great comparison and point. Uh, we we made the not a huge argument or uh, discussion earlier about if there were a Pac-12 that were to go undefeated. Uh, Oregon can't do that now, but if there was one that pops up and runs through the table and is a Pac-12 champion, do you, who, who looks better or who goes or, or who gets a nod? Let's say Cincinnati has a burp. Uh, does Wake Forest, as an ACC champion, get love well, you, and get considered? It's it's crazy right now to look at because to me, you know, especially with UCF without Dylan Gabriel now, I think Cincinnati's got a really good chance. I I don't see them dropping the ball per se. Uh, I don't think you're going to get anybody out of the Pac-12. But if it comes down to it and, and it gets weird and Cincinnati loses, you know, you look at Iowa right now and, and Penn State, but they play each other this week. So to me, I, I do want to say this. I, I do want to say this. I am so excited that actually this year the early playoff talk won't be the exact same talking points that it's been, it feels like, since we started this thing. It's legitimate. There's a ton of parity in college football. I mean, we're talking about Iowa. We're talking about Cincinnati. We're talking about Penn State. You know, you're looking at Alabama and Georgia. I mean, it just being – it's so good for college football. It's so good for college football, and I'm just excited that, that we can even have this conversation. But somebody's going to get in there that hasn't been in there, and, and the arguments and the conversations and the analytics uh, is going to be great. But imagine this thing when we, when we push it to 12. Jake, let's talk about Alabama as they uh, really dominate Ole Miss. They did it with a great defensive effort, but they also did it with an offense that we necessarily haven't seen this style. They kept the ball on the ground, kept the ball away from Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss offense, and it was effective. Yeah, you know, I when you look at teams that, that have success through the regular season or teams that are able to go undefeated, I think one of the best comparisons you can make is it's like playing in the NCAA tournament in basketball. The teams that do the best and advance the furthest on a most consistent basis are the teams that can win in multiple ways. Uh, they, they don't just have one way. Ole Miss could only, can only really beat you one way. That's offensively. Uh, they have to be able to just really turn into a track meet and outscore you. Alabama can go fast. They can go slow. But, what, but the thing that impressed me the most about what Alabama did, and you can just see the NFL and, and the experience in Bill O'Brien, is Ole Miss ran their 3-2-6, just like they've been doing. And just like Arkansas did with Georgia, they dared you to run the ball because the two greediest people on the planet are offensive coordinators and quarterbacks. But the best ones are the ones that'll say, you know what, you're going you're gonna to give me the running lanes? I'll take it. Oh, I'd love to get in second and six. Oh, you're going to let me throw the hitch and the slant all the way down the field? I'll take it. Throw the check down all the way down the field? I'll take it. And that's what Alabama did. Because think about this, and Georgia did the same thing to Arkansas, guys. They did the exact same thing to Arkansas. How many vertical shots did you see Alabama and Georgia throw in those games? You didn't see a ton of them. Georgia, I don't think, threw one. Stetson Bennett hit a wheel route, uh, kind of a delayed wheel route uh, early in the game. But outside of that, it was, all right, you're going to give it to me, and I'm going to take it. That's the sign of a great coaching staff. That's the sign of a patient offensive coordinator and a patient quarterback. And I think that speaks more about Bryce Young than any of the games. He could have thrown for 500 yards against Miami, and I would have taken Bryce Young out of this game because what he did, he managed the game, he didn't make the stupid mistake, and he took what was there. And that's what those defenses are, are trying to get you out of. But if you do it, then they have to adjust. So I thought it was smart, and the run was there. Brian Robinson was great. And the teams that can win in multiple ways, guys, they survive in advance. Jake is Chris, and, and I am sitting here – 
really pleasantly surprised at just how well Bryce Young has been able to take over and manage the offense and look as confident as he does. And you're right. There are things he could do, but I'm more impressed with the fact that he doesn't try to do too much. Uh, Just want to get your thoughts on where, where he is in his development and is he ahead of schedule from what you thought he would be too. Yes. Yes. And, and I think Bryce will tell you, and, and I'm actually, me and Bryce have a podcast where we're going to shoot tonight and uh, release tomorrow. And we're going to talk about this. You know, the thing about Bryce to me is you look at the athleticism, right? And he kind of looks herky jerky. You know, it doesn't look super yeah. smooth. You go watch the touchdown pass. It looks like he's, he's the guy who can make the layup jumping off the wrong foot, you know, just, just yeah. that type of guy, Great just point. that type of athleticism. I know I keep using basketball analogies guys, but I feel like it's the best way to explain You're speaking it. my language. But, you got my language, brother. Yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, w- what I'm most impressed about, and, and you talked about it, is that people really don't realize, number one, the speed of the game, how fast the game is in the SEC. Number two, the amount of different looks and coverages you get. I mean, I have Connor Bazelak on the show every day, and he says, I'll see 15 to 20 different coverages uh, every game, and it's just how it is. And now sometimes there'll be a little less than that. But Bryce Young's ability to – the pressure doesn't bother The pressure doesn't bother What I like about him is he doesn't have to get the glory. To me, that's the most important thing about him is he doesn't want the glory. He just wants to win, and he wants to get better. And when that guy's your quarterback – and you're at a place like Alabama and you're surrounded by that talent, that is a deadly combination. He is uh, – He's. I say he's rare, and yet it looks like he's going to be the fourth straight guy to get drafted when it's when it gets to that point. I know a lot can happen between now and then, but the, certainly the the direction he is tracking is uh, is pretty impressive and looks like he's – Yeah. And, I, you know, John Parker Wilson – said it a number of times, as did Rashad Johnson on our broadcast. Those look like Sunday throws, some of the ones that he was making. So it's it's interesting to watch. Yeah, um, and, and, and I, will, I will say this, and he'll tell you this. He could throw the deep ball a lot better, a lot better. There was one, and, and they didn't take a lot of shots like I mentioned, but there was one that he wanted back. I think it was a corner. I think yeah. they ran deep smash uh, outside of the 30. He had the corner open. He kind of overthrew it. And that's an area where, you know, against Southern Miss, he got a little confidence back in it. But if you're an Alabama fan, I mean, you, you look at that and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's, they're undefeated. They're ranked number one in the country. They're able to win in multiple ways. They can operate the offense uh, depending on what the defense has given them. It doesn't matter what pace. And the guy has a big area of the game that he can improve. And he, he's going to grow with the offensive linemen and the wide receivers. I, I'm just telling you right now, Bama looks good right now. And, and you guys know me, and, and I'm going to tell you how it is, and everybody's a fan of somebody, but Bama looks good right now. Wait till, wait till you see what they look like next year and the year after that. That's when it's going to be horrifying for everybody else because these guys are going to grow together, and that's what you want. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take it to the other side of the state. And, and yeah. uh, With Auburn getting the win, I've, I've said it before, one of the most overrated things is Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. It's a great environment. It, it's tough if you're not as good as they are, but – and, I, and while Auburn hadn't won there in a while, they've got a bunch they know they should have had. This is one they could get, they did get, and, man, was it impressive the way they got it done, yeah. in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, well, it's funny. You know, Auburn walks into Happy Valley and ends up sad. They walk into Death Valley, and now they feel alive. Uh, it's just kind of a, yeah, a walking contradiction. But, it, look, that game – and is LSU a great team? 
No, but going on the road in the SEC in that environment, LSU had won three in a row, just won one on the road at Mississippi State. A little bit of pressure was off Edo. All of a sudden you heard that, you know, Max Johnson uh, is, is five and one as a starter, whatever it is, and, you know, LSU is going to make a run. And Bo Nix, who we're getting on, live on the show today, went down there. Because, guys, look, you look at this Auburn team, they're deficient on the offensive line. And I know Jarquez Hunter uh, has had a lot of big games, but if you watch the tape, the Auburn offensive line isn't moving anybody. Uh, a lot of it is, is misdirection. That was the big play that Jarquez hit. They ran kind of that little mini reverse toss into the boundary against LSU, and he was able to slice the corner and the safety didn't get over the top. But outside of that, Auburn hadn't been able to move guys. And, I mean, Bo, Bo Nix, and look, I always laugh. All the people that call him Bo Picks, well, the dude hadn't thrown a pick in like 872 passes. So, so I really don't understand that. I think it's like 254. Yeah. But uh, when you watched what he did, Bo made the decision in my mind that, you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I, I, I want to spread it around and I want to do this, but I'm going to put it on my back because it, it's going to ride with me. And all the yeah. stuff with TJ Finley during the week and this, that, and the other, to go down there and get that win and make the plays that Bo did. But, but the better things that Bo did, and we talked about this all last week, is that when you have a deficient offensive line, when you have wide receivers that cannot get separation, Auburn's wide receivers were not open. Their best wide receiver Auburn has is John Samuel Shanker, and he is balling. That dude is making himself some money. He reminds me a little bit of Chandler Cox. I think he's a little more versatile in the passing game. Chandler was a little bit stronger. But Bo Nix had to be a runner. And what I mean by being a runner is it's not just quarterback design runs. It's not just quarterback power or zone read and keeping it. But it's, hey, listen, I know I don't have a lot of time to throw. If they're in man and I get to my second progression and he's not there, which has happened a lot for Auburn, I've got to take off. And Bo Nix made the conscious decision that I will run us to victory if I have to. And I know he is sore as hell even this morning because he took a beating. I mean, he ran through. If you guys go back and watch the runs that he had, the touchdown run he had, where he basically got blindsided by a defensive end, stayed up and scored, but the way he was finishing runs and getting first downs, he realized that, look, this is this is how we're going to do it. And he did it. This is huge for Auburn. I thought Derek Mason actually made great adjustments in the second half, even though I'm not a huge fan of rushing three. Auburn even rushed two. But guys, how crazy is this? And I just and, and y'all know y'all have kept up with it for a long time like I have. How crazy is it that neither Auburn or LSU can really run the ball? That's the first time I've ever seen those two teams play each other. And LSU just quit. LSU quit trying. They literally quit trying. And when they interviewed Edo after the game, they asked him why he didn't run the ball more. And, you know, Edo is like, well, you know, every time we ran it, they stuffed us. So, you know, this, that, and the other. It's just wild to see that to me. Yeah, there's no Darius Geis. There's no Leonard Fournette. Uh, who, who's going to be the next star? And, and be a punishing runner north-south for LSU because it's not like them to not have a thumper. You said uh, a deficient offensive line for Auburn. I wanted yes. to throw because I'm that uh, I'm that guy that throws in punch lines on the scramble by Bo Nix, and I've not seen the all twenty two cut of this, but I'm like, kudos for the offensive line not being uh, illegal man downfield on that. Almost every scramble that's a big play, there's usually one guy downfield. Yeah, well, you know, again, if you if you turn on the tape and you go back and watch it, I mean, Auburn really struggles at the tackle position and you got to know yeah, when yeah. to say when and you know Bo's biggest problem at least recently has been that you know he he wanted to run way too quickly and he wouldn't let it go even for a split second more but now when I watch him he looks a little more comfortable even though again guys 
This game against Georgia that Auburn's about to play, they better run sprint out. I don't think he's going to be able to sit in the pocket at all. And you can't just witch your way around against Georgia's defense like they did against LSU. But that's the biggest step that Brian Harson and this team have to make from a personnel standpoint is the offensive line and the wide receivers. Jake Crane, J-Boy Show. What, less, better been at left here with you, but I wanted to ask your take. Bigger surprise, Kentucky beating the Gators or Mississippi huh. State in the win over A&M? Well, guys, as 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 a guy as a guy that picked Kentucky to finish second in the East before the oh. season in the summer, uh, there you I go. I was pretty, you know, happy about it. I, I took more more crap from Florida fans for about the last four or five months, saying I was crazy. And I looked at <laughs> Kentucky, and Kentucky got up for this game like Alabama or like Florida got up for Alabama. So that wasn't as big of a surprise to me. And Florida's pretty much one dimensional on offense. Emory Jones as a passer really struggles. But A&M's, not, not only against Mississippi State, but the whole season ha- has just been a disaster. And, you know, you can say, all right, Calzada and this, that, and the other. But th- their lack of ability to run the ball, even though they had to replace two or three offensive linemen, shocks me. Shocks me. It- it's It's been shocking. So uh, I would have to say Mississippi State at A&M, but we all know Mike Leach does this. This is what he does. Yeah, the old mad pirate will slip up and uh, bite you. So uh, let's see what he does in a couple of weeks when he gets the Alabama Crimson Tide. Until then, where's my cowbell? I should be ringing it. Either way, thanks to Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show for joining us here inside the Press Box for today's Press Box Podcast. Hey, if you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. First of all, you can subscribe so you get our new editions every time they come out. If you can like us and review us, that would be fantastic too. And if you tell a friend, that would be even better. They can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast, Apple and Google, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. All they have to do is search Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one for the Press Box Podcast. Again, our thanks to Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show. Until next time, for J.D. Byers, for Chris Stewart, I'm Mike Grace thanking you for joining us inside the Press Box.